and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman, and today I've got a twofer for you. Dr. Jeep and Vanessa Nam. they're coming and talking about physician marriages and specifically their own. So I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation for you to listen into, and I hope to sometime have them back when I can get Mr. Wiseman on the microphone. So listen to our conversation today, and hopefully you dig out some pearls. All right, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, my new friends. We've been chitty-chatting almost 20 minutes off recording, and we decided to finally get this on here. Dr. Jeep and Vanessa Nam. It's so great to have you with me today. Oh, so great to be with you, Aaron. You do, you do great work, and we're happy to be on with you and uh, help contribute to that a little bit. Absolutely. And so tell the people out in podcasting world a little bit about your story well, as they look at each other I to know. try to figure out who's going to say. She's, She's like, going to go first here. Well, we've been in we've been in marriage coaching for over 25 years. We did it in the volunteer space for years. I went when I was in practice, we did it or I did it a lot with with patients. Um, I, I, and Vanessa will tell a little bit about her story, but I born into a physician marriage and my grandfather was a physician. So generational physician marriage, professional marriage. And my Mm -hmm. father still alive, almost 89, God bless him, but a narcissist. So very dysfunctional marriage growing up. And so I pretty much you know, I knew it at an early age that I wanted to be a doctor, but I also knew at an early age that our marriage, my marriage was going to be different and I was going to do everything I could to help colleagues and friends um, that were in similar situations to not go in that direction. And if they were going in that direction, mm-hmm. to stop it and head them the other way. And so, uh, we, like I said, we were doing regular marriage coaching, and then started to specialize a few years ago because of the real necessity. And it's a labor of love. I mean, we just absolutely love what we do. And we've been married for going on 30 years. So I met Jeep when he was an intern. He's a DO. So that first intern year. Yep. So we were together during internship, residency, then building the practice a solo practice back when it was smart to be a physician running your own practice. Those were the good old days. So we have, we've been in the trenches with our marriage and we can definitely relate and understand the complexity of practicing medicine and then having a life. Yeah. And the intimate balance between both of them, because really it it really is. It's that give and take and like, and even then you throw kids in there and you throw a mm. pandemic in there and you throw menopause in there. <laughs> and oh, really- yeah. And I'm not being a male. I'm not in menopause, but, um, um, you know, I'm in andropause. Um, and menopause is what menopause, we're in. You know, and 
Vanessa, you, maybe we can talk a little bit about that, but uh, she's in that. So yeah, throw all that in there. And that's just another layer that you, uh, that you deal with. But. Yeah. Marriage is, you know, just like an organism, living, breathing, dynamic, always changing thing, ups and downs. And that is totally normal. And through the years, I guess, if there's one thing that I, that really impacted me about coaching in the volunteer space when we first started and we were trained is listening to other people's stories and understanding, wow, you don't have to be a super person, like, like superwoman, superman, marriage for it to work. You can be normal. And so it was very, very eye-opening. And then just understanding what tips, tricks, tools that we use to communicate with each other through the chaos at times and um, with with the goal of, of it being a team sport, so to speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. So married for 31 years, set up a solo coaching practice, mm-hmm. raised three kids, volunteered and helped other people with your marriage. What else can we throw in there? I see some letters behind your name, Vanessa, as an MBA. Yes, I have an MBA. And as we were talking a little bit before, I'm very analytical and I spent my career doing accounting and finance. Also, I'm a certified professional coder. So you know, we we were a great match running that practice. That's what I was going to say. He really made a good pickup with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there is. I, I married up. There's no question about that. <laughs> and we absolutely loved it. But as medicine became corporatized, um, it just became more and more difficult. And I burnt out. I could no longer do that, do the kids, do our life. And, you know, it was time to stop being an owner, so to speak, and then him working for someone well, else. And, and as, you know, I, I started out in, in solo practice and uh, Vanessa was the office manager. And so. And, but and, we loved it. We, oh, we loved working. Oh, my God. Together. Loved working. Loved and he is on one spectrum with medicine. I'm clear way on the other end with business. And we just slowly merged it into, it was a beautiful thing. It really, really was. And we've now not worked together since 04 clinically and just so missed it. So missed it. So this is our way of getting back together and working again and helping folks out. Yeah. Your joint venture of best friends again and working and helping us Currently practicing physicians, maybe mm-hmm. even catching folks in med school and residency. And then of course, yeah. the retirement years too, because, you know, those are all really big transition points that do affect your relationship. And the thing about it is, Aaron, and you bring up a very good point. If you don't put your relationship first, mm-hmm. you don't concentrate on your relationship. When it comes to, and the only thing that you have in common are your kids, which mm-hmm. That can happen, you know, when you're in a busy, you know, when you, when you, two of you have busy lives, you don't concentrate on each other. And so when your kids are gone, then it's like, oh, okay, what do we do now? What do we really have in common? 
Have we really taken vacations on our own to work on our relationship? Or have we taken our kids everywhere that we go, which is you have a vacation for them, but you're constantly, you know, thinking about how to entertain them. So you're really not working on your relationship. So we talked with our kids early on, you know, they would come to us and say, well, they knew we were going away and they would say, mommy, daddy, can we go with you? And so we'd sit them down, whether it was one, two, or the three of them and say, no, um, we're going to go together as a family sometime else, but this is for mommy and daddy. So we can go work on our relationship. So when we get back, we can be better for you. And we it's not something you can just do once. You have to do it repeatedly because they're always going to ask to go. But, but they they got that and they could see the results when we would come back. And we were much better for them because our relationship was much better. And one of the buzzwords we used was alone time. Yeah. Like we need alone time or we need quiet time. And it worked. And also what was in the back of our heads is we want our kids seeing this behavior because our behavior is modeling to them to, you know, enter relationship space with people and understand that, you know, it's very important. But not only that they see the relationships the way they are and see how relationships can be Mm -hmm. if you work on them. And they Mm -hmm. always knew that we were working and you know, always uh, affectionate, giving them time when they needed to have the time. And so it was something like Vanessa said that we were able to model to them. And now um, our oldest is out of the house, got married in October, daddy's little girl. I was an absolute basket case the day of the wedding, but she has just a wonderful man. And so you see the fruits of, uh, of all that. I mean, it's a crapshoot sometimes when your kids leave the house, you don't know, but you try to do the best you can. You try to model the best you can, and hopefully that they follow that when, when they leave. And so far, it certainly is working out that way. Right. Because you're so, you're so right during kid rearing years and kind of when you're starting to come into the top of your game professionally, Mm -hmm. that relationship can feel more like a roommate or you know, just somebody that you're doing parallel, you know, throwing kids out the car at each other and instead of really true, true, intimate, intimate. connection and not intimacy just sexually, but just right. the closest relationship that you might have with within that sphere of your friends and family. And so it, it is important because I know me and Mr. Wiseman went through that for a while, too, where I just said, you just feel like my roommate and like. I don't want to be married to my roommate. Like, if we're going to do this, then, like, let's figure some stuff out. And so coaching can be used to go from good to great. And I want to talk about that. But I kind of want to start at the bottom. Like, Mm -hmm. when people come to you and they're in marriage crisis, what Mm -hmm. are you seeing? And I imagine we, I could probably rattle some of them off because I've been there. I've seen friends going through it, too. But what are you seeing in physician heterosexual and, you know, homosexual marriages coming to you? The biggest thing in uh, physicians and really other professions, you know, we focus uh, primarily on physicians because that's, 
you know, what I've been exposed to and what I know the best, but we've and other health couples to yeah, other, other healthcare, healthcare professionals. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing now is this uh, inability to disconnect from work and getting home. And I'll use myself as an example. Vanessa would get to it if I didn't. So, so I'll bring it up and just say, you know, I would come home and after a 12 hour day, usually seven to seven and you can kind of plan for that for things, but now you can't at all from day to day because of the complexities of our uh, healthcare scene these days, but I come home and my brain would be fried and I'd walk in and I just would want to get to my chair. And so I would walk in and sit there, watch the TV and, all of this stuff would be going on around me. You know, the kids are in there. They're they're pawing on her, climbing on her because they want attention. She's trying to make dinner, you know, uh, taking kids to the potty, all of this stuff. And there's me like a, like a lump of crap sitting on my uh, easy boy chair looking and not paying attention to any of this. And I'll let her and- take it from here. And my take on it was, I was with you all day in that practice. I worked too. And when I walked through the doors, you know, you went to the hospital for a few hours. I came home, walked into the second job, which was taking care of the kids. And the kids, you know, it's a couple thing, the kids. So I need help when you get home. So we had to negotiate you know, how can we make this work between us? Um, there there were some tense times, let me tell you. Which she really shouldn't have had to do that. I, I mean, maybe at, a, at another podcast that we have with you, we can talk about different issues that you deal with. And ours was actually how many kids we were going to have. And so part of the deal was there was going to be as much equal time in parenting as possible. Mm -hmm. And I was not fulfilling that. I was sitting there and she wouldn't say, didn't say anything for the longest time because she felt bad. She felt empathetic. But when you get dumped on enough days in a row, it's like, oh, okay, wait a minute. You know, this is not only me. And so she was vulnerable and uh, with me to say, hey, I, this isn't fair. You know, you come through and you you have your stuff and I don't get to decompress, you know. And so in working that out, thankfully, in, you know, not literally, but uh, figuratively knocking me on the head and say, wake up, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was uh, understood taking more an active part. And now with our kids almost completely gone, had she not done that to me, I would have missed out on just so much great things of them growing up, you know, reading, reading books to them, rocking them, doing all of this stuff that I just was kind of taking for granted that she was doing. Having a relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she, Vanessa did just a phenomenal job getting us um, through that. And, and it's, I know that it's something that our colleagues deal with. And whether there's kids involved or not, there, there just needs to be this time for your, your partner or your spouse 
There needs to be equal time when you get home, and it can't all be about you. Yeah, tough. You had a shitty day. Sorry about that. But does it mean What about me right now? Exactly. Exactly. In the Wiseman household, that's when we call 30-second timeout, but the game is still going. (laughs) 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 So I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the witching hour, you know, that five to bedtime. Yeah. Trying to, like— figure that out because everybody's exhausted. I mean, even the down to the littlest one, they're, they're all tired and it does become a real issue when you're not able to, I like to call it when I'm teaching, taking off the armor from the office because you're still like in that mode of like, for me, it's the opposite. Instead of coming home and crashing, it's like, all right, laundry, dishes, you know, we need to get this all done type of thing. When sometimes I miss those little moments of we just like sit and play with Play-Doh or, you know, and, and so it, it really is important to have those transition points in today in the day, have those timeouts where you like talk the game plan over with your partner. (laughs) At least that's what me and coach Wiseman do. Like (laughs) we always said when we went, you know, we had one kid, you know, we were zoning. And then when we had two kids, we went to man to man. But then we went to this three, two thing. <laughs> Let me tell you, those yeah. people who say that going from two kids to three kids is not a big deal. They are not your oh, friends. They no, are lying I, to you. I totally well, agree with well, you. Well, <laughs> try, try getting somebody, try getting a babysitter for three kids. They, they don't want to <laughs> do that. One, okay, maybe two, but a third <laughs> changes that whole dynamic. And it, it really doesn't matter how good your kids are. That's just a big, I mean, they're being kids. That's a big thing to, you know, for somebody to have to be responsible for. And, you know, fortunately we had just a phenomenal, uh, they had a phenomenal grandmother, my, you know, Vanessa's mother, my mother-in-law. And we were lucky and the kids were lucky because she was always there. And my father-in-law too, when he was living. So, And I um, think you illustrate a really good, Big point. It doesn't always just have to be you two. It, right. It's that support system, whether you yes. have them or you have their genetics. Like having that support system is so so important. I know that's one thing that really helped us is is like just having that extra pair of hands that you can oh call my. into the game is is a really big deal we, because we could not have done it without support. No, we could no. not have done just it to be able support. to call up and say. We really would like to go out to dinner tonight. Can yeah. you uh, can you watch the kids or we're going to go to the B&B for the night or you know we're you know we just want to be out for a few hours sure bring them out and or I need a break. Yeah, or this <laughs> is something like that. Right. So those were an extra pair of hands that were always there. I love I love your example of the armor because when you put that on in the morning to protect yourself for what's going to happen through the day and you forget about taking that off at the doorstep and you wear it into the bedroom, it's very, very difficult to change that space and in a snap. You know, that is extremely difficult. So I liked when we were chatting before how you have a ritual. I absolutely love that. Because you are being mindful of 
what you need to do to process in your own mind. And then I'll go one step further and say also in your body, because we are, our practice is with somatica. So it's somatically based. So it's basically getting your, your mind and your body back in the game and transitioning. So I loved, I loved how you do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was telling them earlier what I do and what I've had to learn to do to help myself through that transition is I need to communicate with Mr. Wiseman. Like usually sometimes it's only once during the day or something, but then when I'm getting ready to leave, I always text or call, hey, I'm coming home. So that's kind of like warning shot number one. Mm -hmm. And then when I push the garage door button to open up, I tell myself, you're coming home. You're coming home. And that helps me to kind of drop it, like you said, I'm a Dio, so I like a little woo. Drop into my body, remind myself I'm coming in as Aaron. I don't need to come yeah. in hot as Dr. Wiseman or anything else. And that that I can leave the burdens that I carried today in the car because I'll pick them back up the next time I head in. And so I think it is important. I know that one of my ER colleagues, she doesn't wear scrubs home. So, or if she does, she changes into new ones. And it's like the physical act of removing that clothes helps her to remove not just the MRSA, but the, you know, the the energy <laughs> from true. the ER yeah. and leave it there. And so I do think it's important that that we realize like, we can be really good compartmentalizers until we lose the keys. And then oh, you're up God. shit creek. Yeah, and home is supposed to be a safe space. And if you don't know, if you haven't figured out, like you said, to take off that armor, then it's not a safe space. You're carrying sometimes whatever awful things that you had to deal with or you were a part of during that day and you're bringing it home and then it's not a safe space anymore. And it is so important to learn how to take that armor off. So important. But there's just, you know, unfortunately, um, a, a lot of our colleagues aren't able to do that. And we're able to help them do that. And it's just relearning, you know, yeah. getting out of the bad habits, maybe that, you know, as life happens, you do something out of habit, hab it becomes a habit because of whatever reason. Um, and it's just, you know, going backwards and really looking th at that and, you know, getting them into what do you really, really want and need from your marriage, your partnership, not your roommate. So what do you really, really want? And have you thought about that? Mm -hmm. And you would be surprised to understand yep. the oftentimes the answer. No, I, we really never talked about that when we were engaged before we were married. You know, we were just kind of caught up in, you know, the physical attraction and the, the honeymoon stuff. And, you know, we really never had any kind of uh, conversations of consequence. And mm -hmm. so... You know, I, I guess we should have done a little bit better of a job beforehand. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, maybe so. But you're here now. And so we'll get you. We'll get it. you through that. Yeah. I like to think of it as, you know, when you have your phone and it's it's time to do a system update and you really don't want to do it because it's going to change the damn buttons and you just finally yep. learned all of them. Oh, but boy. yet, you know, like 
the Wi-Fi will work better. The connection will work better. Me and Mr. Wiseman got about seven updates behind. And so it took us <laughs> kind of a little bit to <laughs> catch all of them back up again. But but it is. And I think for me, the biggest thing when it comes to that relationship is not relying on how we used to communicate or, or make exactly. those assumptions on the past, but exactly. doing that system update because we got married in our 20s. We're now in our 40s. And like being like, who are we now? Right. As life looks differently. And and I know what we figured out as we started talking more is that we both were making assumptions about the other person that yeah. weren't actually factual. And, uh, and yes, finding absolutely. That, that vocabulary, the shared exactly. vocabulary has been, I mean, in the last year, we've had a big change. I'll be perfectly honest. Craig used to come on the podcast on episodes called Married with an Alpha Female. And we stopped those well over about a year and a half ago just because it just wasn't vibing and we just weren't feeling yeah. it. And so we've been doing our own relationship system update to, mm -hmm. to you know, and even asking the hard questions of like, are you in this? Am I in this? Like, yeah. are we in this? Yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of where you have to start. And so for those listeners who are like, oh, shit, they're like talking yeah. straight to me. Yeah. What would be your first advice for them? I would recommend that they go to our website and it's bestfriendsagain.com. And we'll put all this in the show notes, folks, so you don't need to write, keep driving. Perfect. And, <laughs> <laughs> and click on the... Free gift, which is a chapter from Dr. Jeep's book. I mean, we, I, I call it my book, but Vanessa had so much to do with it. I with think she had a, some parts all of it. That. You, yeah. Right. I mean, she, she did so much with it. it it's, it's called uh, What's Forever For, A Physician's Guide to Everlasting Love and Success in Marriage. In marriage. So download that chapter because we explain a technique of, dialoguing with each other, of, of communicating with each other that takes emotionality out of it. Mm. And it's called the love huddle. The love huddle, sorry. And uh, and basically, uh, if you're going to talk about something, say that that's uncomfortable, mm -hmm. um, and you've talked about this uh, subject, whatever it is, and it it's leads, a hot topic. It's a hot topic, and it leads to raised voices. And, and then it really, becomes a who's going to win this argument instead of what do we really want to know right now? What do we what do we really need to talk about right now? What's the issue under all of this? And, and through discovering the feelings that are underneath of that anger and possibly fear, there's something down there, and this is a way of getting it out. And it's basically, it's writing. Both of you are in the same room, or you can be in a different room if you want to do that. And and you you put down, write what the issue is in the form of a question, and you write for um, usually 15, 20 minutes, and, and then you exchange. And so then you read what each other has written, digest that, and... Sometimes read it again if you need to do that before you discuss. So you're doing this writing, and when you're writing, you're talking about feelings. And what we recommend is when you're talking about feelings, write them like, um, okay. Eh. So, 
I love them right now because they're giving little hand signals. <laughs> I love okay. it so much. But I, I think I know what you're saying, like using like I feel state, like making sure that exactly. you don't po- point at people, but that you keep it on your experience and who you are with it. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's great. Yeah, we will have that definitely in the show notes for everybody who's reaching out. For people who are like me, and I'm like, yeah, exercises are great, but I want to like talk to you. What are the options for people to work with you? Do you do workshops or like couple to couple? Tell me more about this. We have a program and it's called 90 Days to Clarity and Connection. And it's teaching folks how to go from clarity, what do you really want? to connection and really how how do you want to reconnect? What do you really want from that relationship? And then we have the tools and the tips that we walk them through. So it's educational as well as weekly sessions with us. I love and, that. And, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the connection, we get into talking about intimacy and intimacy isn't only physical. Right. Yeah, there's there's intellectual intimacy, there's emotional intimacy, there's there's several types. And really, if you're not on those other types of intimacy, physical intimacy is going to be difficult to achieve. So we go through those things. And it's not something, you know, a lot of us sometimes even think about, you know, intimacy starts when you get out of bed in the morning. It's just not in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a, it's an all day, 24 hour thing. And, and if you're not treating it that way, then the physical intimacy may not happen. And, and if it, and if it does happen, it's not going to be likely what either one of you want. Yeah. I love that too, because it's not when people come in asking for the little blue pill, <laughs> I really have to have a lot of conversations about that. Cause yeah. you're right. It's not just about like, do the parts work? Right. There, there's so much more to the complexity of our humanity that goes into that as well. So, in sexuality, that's... in sexuality, I mean, yeah, the the thoughts, the feelings, it's, age, yeah, oh, age, and how <laughs> that it destroys a lot of things. <laughs> it doesn't destroy it; it just makes makes it a little bit more challenging. <laughs> but it's you get to try that... different things. Things that you we just have to person. adapt. Yes, exactly. You know, it, it's like the handout after hip replacement surgery. I always love that <laughs> safe sex after hip replacement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, You're gonna I have love to share it. that one with me. There we go. Yep, I got some at the office. I'll fax one over right to yeah, you. Yeah, there you go. But um, one one thought that popped in my head as we're talking because we were kind of talking about folks who are maybe weathering some hard times, and you know, it's not bad. But for the folks who are bad who are like contemplating separation or thinking about divorce, do they still have a chance? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We did, uh, it's probably been about eight weeks ago. uh, And just to give you an example, in one of the couples that we had talked to and were presenting in this, uh, this training that we attended, between the wife and the husband, there was infidelity times three. Mm. but something in there kept them coming back. So there's a reason why you got married. And when life gets in the way and you've forgotten that reason and we take you back there. Yeah. It's uh, if that is still there there. and, and, and with this couple, it definitely was. 
they were able to come back from it. So look at that, you know, with, with mm-hmm. three instances of that. And now to look at them, to talk to them, to hear them, you're mm-hmm. like, geez, that's yeah. really, it's really hard to believe. So the answer is absolutely yes, if you want it, mm-hmm. if, yep. if, if, if it's still there. It's never too late to try, I right? Mean, Are there a lot of layers that you have to uh, peel just like the onion? Absolutely. But if it's there, if it's still there underneath, there's still hope. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Jeep and Vanessa, thank you so much for coming and talking to me here on Dr. Me First. For everybody who's out there listening, go check out bestfriendsagain.com where you can get all the information. You can get a bunch of freebies. You can sign up and and work with these guys directly because I think not only do they have a lot of uh, personal experience weathering the physician marriage landscape together, but they're helping others of us along the way. So for you guys, I just appreciate you so much reaching out and having great conversation with me. And yes, we absolutely need to do this again when absolutely. I can get my better half on here. It, it has yes. been it, so it, much fun. It's been a labor of love. It really yeah. has been. You you know, I so identify with you. I, um, I, I think you know, we could have probably practiced together because oh, we, yeah. think, we think so much yeah. alike and, you know, we're, we know who we are and we're not afraid to show who we are. And, and um, it's, it's just been great uh, being able to get to meet you and to talk. friend, if you think you're burned out, you probably are. But I've got some good news for you. Head on over to burntouttobadass.com or you can get a CME course. That's right. CME credits to get yourself out of a place of burnout and back to being a total and absolute badass. You'll go through 12 different modules. You'll get to chitty chat with me on the backside and have lots of fun exercises and thought work to do to help you move from a place of just surviving to absolute thriving. So far, we've had many physicians go through the program and they absolutely love it. One of those docs the other day even mentioned to me that she went back and recently did the report card exercise. And you know the wheel of life is in there. If you followed me for half a second, it's definitely one of my top exercises. But anyway, before I give all the details away, go over to burntouttobadass.com and check out the self-paced course same title, Burnt Out to Badass, and get you some CME hours today. Thanks so much, Dr. Jeep and Vanessa, for coming and sharing your heart, sharing your marital secrets. And having a bunch of fun with me. It was great to sit down and podcast with you all and just glean from your 31 years of marriage together. I think it's something that we all struggle with with our partners, but we don't evidently put out into the world. So thank you for the vulnerability that you showed today. And for everybody out there, it doesn't matter if it's not perfect because there is no perfect. Remember? All right. You remember that your life, your calling, your pulse matters. See ya.